you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the NFL podcast. Knows you're going to like it in my city. (laughs) That is... A deep cut from the Chris Wesley podcast studio. It's around the NFL, the week 15 preview. Dan Hansis, did I say my name yet? You, you just said your name. Okay. I wanted to make sure I didn't say it you twice. You have many well, more names, though. I feel like that you could say it twice, but what's uh, the newest one? The new one is God of Bongo, but <laughs> let's stay on, uh, let's stay focused. Here's a lot to games, a lot of games to get to. No more buys. So, a lot to dig into. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, um, gang. You know what this week is? Week fifteen. Uh, tell us. Gotta have it Sunday. Gotta have it. All Gotta right. have it. There are seven teams by my count. You want me to share the teams now or as we go along? The are room, any of them playing on Saturday? Because we do have you know the three NFL Network games. I know, and you know what? <laughs> All six teams gotta have it. Not really, but well, I was just trying to be a good soldier there. But they're great games, and we're going to get to those games. There are seven teams, and I'm going to forget the top of the show and not tell you the seven teams if I try to do it as the games come. So I'm going to tell you right now. Seahawks on Thursday night. So we already got that out of the way. (laughs) Panthers, Jaguars, Lions, and Jets facing off. Patriots, Giants. Mm. And maybe we could add to that list if we wish. I mean, it's guaranteed that not everyone's going to have it or get it. In no matter case, what they have to in have. In just one case, yes. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get to all these games. I'm going to break it down. Let's start, yes, on the Saturday schedule. Greg, are you ready for this? I'm so ready. Are you cold? Uh, no, it's just like there's only so many jackets I have. I'm trying not to re-wear them. Let's, got it. let's go. Because that's, mm. that's straight outerwear. No, this is innerwear. Oh, it is. It's <laughs> well, cold. It's a cold nice jacket, Greg. Inside. Uh, all right, let's start with the the game. One of maybe the game of the week, and it's at Highmark Stadium in Western New York. 
It is the Miami Dolphins, 8-5, a little bit humbled the last couple of weeks against the Buffalo Bills. Our friend Colleen Wolf is going to be there. The conditions, Mark Sessler, mm. are said to be there. Uh, might get some lake effect snow. Wintry. And my first instinct as I set this game up and I mentioned that, which, by the way, you can watch it on NFL Network, is Tua and the Dolphins offense in those conditions. I'd be nervous if I'm a Miami fan. Well, it does seem like the talking point this week is, you know, can Mike McDaniel possibly figure out how to adjust and get this Dolphins attack back on track after Kyle Why Shanahan? Why the tone? Isn't it fair to ask that question after these last two weeks? I just, it's just funny to me that um, the way football coverage goes, it's like everyone suddenly – it's like Mike McDaniel was not born last Monday. I think he's he understands that there have been some issues and they've got to work their way out of it. And I would say the one thing I want to watch, though, is that the la- a lot of it, I think that Staley and Shanahan, they use press coverage effectively to you know get, get to a throwing the ball into the middle of the field to, to prevent throws there. That's where he wants to throw it. And they, they did confuse that system. And so that's the response. And when the Bills played Miami way back when in scorching hot southern Florida, they only played two snaps of press man coverage. So it's like, how are they going to try to duplicate what these two other coaching staffs have done or go their own way. Because, Greg, I think you said it like way before the Niners played Miami. You said if they were, if this goes effectively for Shanahan and company, that other teams are going to try to copy it. We saw them do it last week against the Chargers. Chargers did it. Will Buffalo take the same approach? I think they'll try. They'll certainly be trying to take away the middle of the field. They're going to try to force Jalen Waddle, I think, in particular, to start winning his one-on-one matchups because he was – Awfully quiet last week. I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill. But I think you look at the Bills and their weaknesses and what they came into the season worried about, cornerback, is still a worry. And it was a worry back in week two because that's how you lose a game where the Dolphins only had the ball for like 35 snaps. That was a bizarre game back then. But you think about all the things we were worried about if you were going to try to poke some holes in the Bills coming into the season. And none of them are going well. They, their first-round pick can't get on the field at cornerback. They're still rotating through guys trying to figure it out. Tredavious White didn't return at cornerback till about week 11. Mm-hmm. Isn't really totally up to speed. Their wide receiver position has been so underwhelming that they brought Cole Beasley back this week, and they brought John Brown in a big spot, throwing passes to him back last week. I, I actually think this... Bill's offensive line is a little vulnerable. So these are a lot of things. But what I'm trying to say is this is not the Bill's team mm. that's just going to stomp on teams. They, they found ways to win. But to me, Miami still has the talent to go up and down the field on them, even in tough conditions. OK, um, totally disagree with that. I think the Dolphins are in a world of hurt right now because I think the two has not looked eh the last two weeks. He's looked overmatched um, by. Uh, the scheme, whatever it is, his accuracy is off. He's looks, throwing he looks those, figured out. He's throwing floaters. And now I'm thinking of him, and not to overplay Tua can't throw game, but Tua in bad conditions up there, I just think it sets up well for the Bills. And all, everything you said there makes sense, Greg, uh, about some of the things that they were hoping to get shored up as the season went along, and they haven't. But then you point to last week against the Jets, and the offense is still not quite right ever since Josh Allen hurt his elbow. Let's let's be honest there, but what they were able to do without Von Miller with with Greg Rousseau, uh, Shaq Lawson, um, they got after the quarterback. They they destroyed Mike White, and I just like I could see that happening again here. I could see Tua really struggling to get through this game, hmm. um, and I feel almost confident enough to do a certain thing. 
It's not in the zone. But it's not even in the zone. Yeah, so, which is so, so I, America I agrees with you. Yeah, people feel the way you feel yeah. about Miami right now, and I, I, I think you know on the Buffalo side, uh, there's a quote I want to if we can go to the sound real quick up that that Josh Allen had that I think effectively showed. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Oh, next level. Look at this setup. Know, we're on and ne- the we're on NFL Network. So maybe you should be in the power chair. Let's, Let's roll it. with it. It doesn't look like an offense that's going to be enough to win the Super Bowl right now. Okay. <laughs> I kind of love it because it's like th- this reporter said, you know, and that it, was. Josh Allen. Josh Allen yes. simply saying, oh, it, it looks like this <laughs> offense isn't good enough to win this. We know they're kind of slumping. Their slump means well, they've the won four straight. the reporter said that. The reporter said it. And Josh I... Allen just said, okay, cool. And then he, like, they, in the extended clip, he kind of shakes his head like, give me a break with this. Like, yeah, what do you want me to do? Get this guy out of my room. Right. He has yeah. been playing through the elbow thing. And, and, and Sean McDermott said that it's gotten a little bit better each week. And he thinks it's in a much – he's been throwing more in practice than he has in the last three or four weeks. And so I just think that at one point the Bills will figure this out on offense. But they aren't the explosive unit that destroyed the Rams in week one. And you thought they're just going to roll over people. It's been like diminishing by week. And they do seem to try to work their way through things. But I do trust that they will. Can I – I do too. But they're – they, what they're great at now is being a veteran team that knows how to win in these spots and overcome a lot. The Bills fans and the media have these bizarre expectations. It's like it's got they've got to be the best team in the league by far. You lost Micah Hyde and Von Miller, literally the two most valuable players on your defense if you had to pick them. Maybe Milano's there for number three. Uh, other things haven't worked out, and that's what I'm worried about in this matchup. Why should the Bills even show up on Saturday no, I'm, night? I'm picking them to win. <laughs> oh my my point is that they're a great team, that they've been in these spots. They are. They have the combination of youth and experience that every team in the NFL wishes they have, and so they'll find ways to win because they still have Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen will run well, but I think the biggest mismatch for the Dolphins here is their defensive line versus the Bills' offensive line. They The, the Dolphins trashed the Chargers last week, and – the Justin Herbert had to overcome that. And I think Josh Allen can overcome that by running the ball. But I don't think this is a matchup where you're suddenly going to see a Bills. Uh, yeah, this is offense. one of those. I, I like this because everyone's all have a game where we're just our head spaces are totally different. But I picked the Bills. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm I feel with like we you. should be talking about how nervous the Dolphins should be based on their recent play. Uh, I, and there's also a very high bar with Buffalo because we expected them and they, they were earlier in the season, just a juggernaut. But they're still second in total offense, fourth in scoring, third in yards per play. I understand it hasn't been as impressive in the last month or so, but that's that team's still there. They've gone through funks before. Last year we saw the same thing, and then they turned it on. We're unstoppable down the stretch. Uh, feeling good about Buffalo here. Especially, I mean, I know, you know, these teams are all built in theory to play in any weather. You can't just say, you know, we're going to construct a team that's going to die in the snow. But I think a Miami is the outlier where it's like, I don't trust Miami necessarily in a game like this. And it's like if right. Buffalo can't handle their business in at home in this crazy weather, like who are they? What are they doing? I mean, I'm with you, Dan. I expect Buffalo to take this one. And this is a an AFC East title game, more or less. I know it's not a hat and t-shirt game, as Kirk Cousins would say. But if the, Dolphins, if the Dolphins win this game, they have a real shot to win the AFC East because they'd have swept the Bills. They'd only be one back with three to play. If the Bills win this game, it, it's over for the rest of the, the division, I, essentially. And I'm with you. I think the Bills will win because I think they're tougher and deeper. Uh, but I just think they're an, it, it's an interesting team because they're not going to be the juggernaut. I think they're going to have to like show their toughness they have by flaws. getting through, through a lot of flaws. Yeah. Or maybe they will turn into that when it really counts. But right now they're one of the you know it's tough to be a team like the bills when you had that big arrival season last year and then had this really exciting playoff run that 
ended in heartbreak, but you were still hyper impressive. Then everyone expects you to just be amazing. And it's hard. It's a long season and there's been some peaks and valleys and it, it should be said. And I know the Jets defense is very good. 232 yards by the Bills last week, which was a season low by 100 yards. And they punted on their first five possessions. So if that Dolphins uh, front can get after it, uh, maybe. That's why Josh you, Allen yeah. was like, go get me Cole Beasley. I want Cole Beasley back. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Let's move to uh, the early game. So that's the 8.15 p.m. Eastern game. Um, uh, Miami-Buffalo. Now we got the early game, 1 p.m. Eastern. Colts at Vikings and boys. It's gone too far. It has gone too far. What has? The Vikings hate has officially gone too far. When the people in the desert are giving the Vikings a field goal in this game against the Colts. I thought it was four, but either way, it's even more disrespectful than when they were underdogs to the Lions. I, I mean, completely agree. Sense, I completely I'm agree. Go, I'm dispensed with any drama. I'm locking up the Vikings because sometimes things look too obvious, and maybe that's sometimes when you get nervous. But, you know, geez, what is it? <laughs> what could you be watching with the Colts right now and say that they're going to go to Minnesota – and they're going to stop Justin Jefferson from having 185 to 230 yards. And Kirk Cousins, who played really well last week in that loss, from really getting his stat line where it always is, because you know how consistent Cousins is ultimately, even Dalvin Cook going off. I just don't see it. The only way you really could beat up the Vikings is their terrible pass defense. And what can the Colts not do? Right. They I don't can't think throw the like, ball. Indy's strengths don't fit well with what the Vikings can't do. I will say, though, they... What? No, What's Indy's strengths, by the way? Well, th- they don't have out massive strengths, but no team allows Defensive less lines per game to wide receivers than the Colts. I think Justin Jefferson cracks any code, though. I don't care what the numbers are hmm. coming in. They do have a good defense, Indianapolis. I think you can, you're can. you looking at a Vikings team that hasn't run the ball real well right now. But if you get the Cousins, just Justin Jefferson version that we got last week and many of these weeks, it doesn't really matter who they're playing. And then you're asking Matt Ryan to turn around. I think we, we've got Matt Ryan in our life for maybe four more weeks, if ever. And then we don't know. We don't know if Jeff Saturday is going to be in our life. Like this team is is in a sunset mode right now. Well, Jeff Saturday undefeated, coming off a bye, uh, never, <laughs> oh, never been tested. I mean, I'm, with, I'm with Dan. I think also Jeff Saturday playing on a Saturday is feels like oh there we go a little ju- maybe that's why the spread is close. I think that's probably I'm why. with Dan. I love I love the Vikings covering this game. I like them responding to the loss. I I think it's a nice test for Kirk because. I don't think the defense is going to force you to have to score 30 points because you're playing against the Colts. But if you want to take something positive, you mentioned how Kirk Cousins played last week. I have long said in in QB index when I was writing it, Kirk Cousins, the streakiest quarterback in the league. Maybe hasn't been this year, actually. Hmm. Uh, But generally, when he gets hot, he gets hot for about five weeks straight. Was that a start of a hot Kirk Cousins streak. Go put up 30. Make this game easy. There's no Kenny Moore in this game in the slot, who's a good uh, cornerback mm-hmm. for the Colts, and and start building towards the playoffs. I, I think you nailed it because I even I think I wrote about this last week in Power Rankings ahead of his big game the, w- the week after, which was, which is a humble brag. Say <laughs> what you will about Kirk Cousins, but at the end of the year, he's always going to have about 30 to 34 touchdowns. He's going to throw for about 4,800 yards. And those numbers are all a little bit down. We are so in line for a Cousins hot streak that gets everything to where it always is by the end of the regular season. And we saw it a little bit last week. He was awesome last week uh, in that loss. And I think you're going to see another. If you you are speaking of fantasy football players, if you have Kirk Cousins locked and loaded in your lineup and 
and you know if you have Justin Jefferson, well, then these you, guys are going to eat. You better on have Saturday. to buy in your playoffs if you have those two. I mean, I think I think the, the one thing about Justin Jefferson is it gives any quarterback, but especially Kirk Cousins immense confidence. He makes throws and aims the ball at Justin Jefferson in a way that you wouldn't with other wide receivers because you trust Jefferson to catch it and do something with it. And it's happening. Like They've had electric Sundays, and they can have an electric Saturday now. And they get two Jeff starting no. offensive linemen back. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, left tackle, Christian Derrissaw, who's been a pro bowler, and their starting center, Garrett Bradbury. Both expected to be back. That's a big deal for them. Too. Did you see against um, a good defensive line? Seth Walder uh, for ESPN, does a lot of analytics stuff. He's good. Um, had a article this week, uh, five NFL breakout players, five declining stars, and he had under that list uh, Dalvin Cook. And if you pop the hood on his numbers, although the stats, the baseline stats are still good, um, hmm. his, you know, making, what is the, uh, it's a very in vogue stat now for running what, back EPA yards. per rush. Right, the yards that you're expected to get, what you get over that, under that. He went from being an elite guy two years ago to coming down a little bit this year. Now he's actually below the line. Hmm. Um, since week 11. the same guy. Yeah, since week 11, they're 27th in EPA per rush. Uh, I would point to the missing your offensive lineman, though. He passes that situation. the eye test, though. I don't, I don't see some big decline. But All right, well, you I'm tell that to something. Seth Walder. No, maybe, you know. It's, that list is infallible, so. Don't trust my eyes. Uh, all right, let's move to the. Middle game on Saturday, and we got Ravens. I mean, three points? That's crazy. Well, I think you, that I think, means it's moved what towards the Colts. I think the only thing I could say is maybe because they've been in more one-score one games than anyone, so they expect it now by nature to be close because it's the Vikings. Colts have been a desert yes. team all year. I would say overrated all year that some of their underlying numbers – aren't as bad as they, they seem to look. I, I'm oh, it looks still, like it's up to still four. Still stunned. Okay, it's up it's to up four. To four. But early this morning, when Zeus is going through some things, it was lower than Well, maybe yeah. they res- they've responded to it's your different. disdain already. Like the, the desert <laughs> you, you has listened. It. You've, You've gone too far, football cognizante. Yeah. <laughs> Ravens. Ravens. Are, they, are they the cognizante? They're like the desert is, is, is no, a think, different operation. I think, I think the FC hmm. um, has... You know, beaten down on the Vikings so hard, and I've done that as well, that now people are just have lost the plot a little right, bit. Right, they're overreacting. Right. All right, let's get to it. Ravens at Browns. We will not have Lamar Jackson, but we will have his backup, and that's a good thing uh, really for all of us, quite frankly, <laughs> as you try to uh, get excited about the middle game on Saturday. Only yeah. on NFL Network. It's a big game for the Ravens. They're trying to keep up with the Bengals. They've all but clinched the playoff spot with nine wins here, but getting a home playoff game is very doable for them with their schedule because it's favorable. But this is a tricky matchup. They're so healthy right now. I think it's been a little overlooked because Lamar Jackson is out. Huntley is a huge upgrade from Anthony Brown. You could argue it's as big a gap from Huntley to Brown as there is from Lamar to Huntley. So it's very important that Huntley is playing in this game, I think, if you're a Ravens fan. Their running game looked better with J.K. Dobbins back. They certainly look better with Ronnie Stanley back at left tackle. Suddenly they look great. Oh, by the way, on the back end, Marcus Williams in all pro safeties back. Kyle Hamilton, their first-round pick, returned a couple weeks ago. Calais Campbell's playing great up front. They, I think it's a really good defense, and I think it's going to be tough for Deshaun Watson and this running game, which has been a little haphazard with Deshaun Watson back to move the ball on this Ravens team. Huntley being there makes me like the Ravens in this game. Well, they, the, the Browns are down to their third center. I mean, that started in the preseason when they lost on the 
opening drive back when Deshaun Watson was playing. They lost their center in that game. They're down, down to the third. He's not a natural center. They're trying to run Nick Chubb out of a lot of shotgun where that he just ha- hasn't. he's not quite working with Deshaun Watson. And I would say this, that if you look at the Ravens, ever since they traded for Roquan Smith, um, it's totally affected Patrick Queen. Like their linebackers have been dominant. They've become second in points allowed since then. Best team in the run against the run in the league right now, and mm. they're tied for first on stopping third down. So I don't like any of that. And they're for, underdogs in this game. The Browns well, are favored a, that, by three. I think that's simply because Lamar Jackson is not starting. If still, you want to look though, at that, I, I, I wonder if I that will like change now that it, we that have could. a better idea of uh, Huntley playing. Yeah, I know. But. I know Watson was better last week than he. He couldn't have been worse than he was in his debut. But they are a disjointed offense right now. I mean, this, they just seem out of sorts. And, and I just don't, I think that the Ravens are just, I just trust the Ravens in every possible way to take care of business. Because I think Huntley has been really good when he's been in there. At least he's not been a liability. Yeah, we'll see with, with Watson if, if because it's kind of unprecedented, right? I'm trying to right. think like another big name quarterback, obviously from much different circumstances. But, you know, I feel like Joe Montana missed almost two years way back in the day uh, off uh, that, I think it was a Leonard Marshall hit in the playoffs. Um, but Watson, we don't know if he gets back to the guy that he was on the uh, at a heyday with the Texans. And it's certainly going to take time. I, I will say one thing about their offense, a positive thing. Like, I would say buy stock in David Njoku now with Watson. You kind of saw that immediately, um, that there is something there. And I think you're going to see a lot of a lot more of Njoku this year. I could see him being a breakout guy down the stretch. But yes, he was better, Watson, but still just, you know, obviously not quite right. I would ask this because I get, I think we understand there's rust, all that. I've never heard the term rusty more than with Deshaun Watson over the last two weeks. But if he's still this guy three weeks from now, how long do you expect this to be this way? Like, well, there's it, what, nothing more you can do. But I think you hit it when you said the shotgun runs. They're yeah. changing their offense to make Watson more comfortable. He's not comfortable. It's hurting the running game. He's not confident. He's not playing with confidence. His interception last week wasn't a bad thrower decision. He was just like a second and a half late on it. He's not speaking with confidence either. I know you shouldn't. Be, I shouldn't be reading this much into it, but watching his press conferences is depressing. He just... He just doesn't seem like he wants to be there. It just seems like uh, he's not. He just has no confidence in who he is, and and that makes sense to me. And he's not confident the way it, on the field either. And especially uh, his numbers uh, under pressure. He's got a 17.8 passer rating, two interceptions, three sacks, 112 yards. He's seven for 19. When you put him in under, when you put heat on Deshaun Watson, it's like he's not seeing the field real well. He's holding the ball too long, and the offense they've lost their identity. What more can you ask a quarterback to do than give your offense identity? Yeah, I, you know, but you're not, we're not rooting for Deshaun Watson, but, or maybe you are, but well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm hoping no. they end his season right now. I understand. I understand. Um, but I wouldn't be nervous about anything that happens with his play really this season. Now, when he goes through a full offseason program through training camp, through preseason, and then if we next September and he, he's still looking very scattershot, not like the same guy, and you, you're not liking his body language in the press conferences, it's like, uh-oh, what is this yeah. guy, a $230 million quarterback that we we kind of sold our reputation for a little bit here, and, and now, You'd have big problem. now I would just point have? to like Peyton Manning, who missed an entire year with a very serious injury. You'd have excuses for him to come in and be cold when he, he was hot right out of the gate. It's like well, I he's just think, one of the greatest quarterbacks who ever lived. Yeah, but lived. that's what that's what Cleveland thought they got to. Uh, no, I hope theory, not. Cleveland thought they got a great quarterback, Manning, not a good uh, quarterback, right? right? That's a yeah. 
Well, so I mean, it, Peyton Manning's like an all-time. I, I'm not top, saying like, he's Peyton Manning. I'm saying yeah. that like show a little are, progress the next few weeks. I'm that, I just want to. I'm not, you've I'm not see, that worried about right. it long term. And J.K. Dobbins had a, a big return, 15 for 120, but it was a little sad watching that breakaway run. Clearly, he's not he's not healthy. So I would only say about there was a lot of like optimism about Dobbins back and helping them. Obviously, he's a work in progress himself um, as he comes back from um, all the issues he's had physically. Uh, all right. We taking a break. We're taking a break. We uh, will be back and hitting the other uh, island games Sunday night and Monday night football. Stay right there. Are you ready? Let's go! It's a Saturday triple header. Only on NFL Network. Who's the stuff in the moment? First, the Colts battle the Vikings. Touchdown! Then, the Ravens face the Browns. Going in! And the Dolphins take on the Bills in prime time. I'm him. Back to back to back. I made you look. It's a Saturday showdown triple header. Saturday starting at 1, only on NFL Network. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that? ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. That right. Welcome back. It is now time to, we have the draft coming up. We have a very special guest Ooh. helping us out yeah. at the top of the draft. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but first, let's finish out the uh, island games, as we call them. Let's go to Sunday Night Football. 
the G-Men travel to FedEx Field to face the Washington Commanders. Two, seven, five, and one teams. Stupid. And it is stupid. Uh, <laughs> I, and I talked about it. Got to have it Sunday. Ooh. I looked at the schedules. I'm not going to say Washington's got to have it. But mm. the G-Men need this game. They have one win in six weeks, Greggy. And if you go after what happened against the Eagles last week, and as disappointing as the tie was against Washington the week before at home, if you get your butt spanked here, it's over, Johnny. Whoa. Uh, that what NFC. <laughs> you, do you disagree? No, because I'd be I'd be. Just... I mean, come on. Look at the results in the past almost two months. Right. Now. They, they would yeah. have a chance because the NFC is so strange with the Seahawks. And, you know, they call it elimination. The Lions. Yeah, I'm with you, though. It. I think they're a bottom eight team in the NFL or so, like in terms of how they're playing right now and certainly in terms of talent. And that's what stands out to me. They're a team that wins with scheme and not with talent. And I think playing the same team twice in a row, if you're the commanders, helps that out. And I think the Giants needed that game when they played each other a couple yeah, weeks did. ago. And, and they, they had it because when I watched that game, I thought, and I picked the Giants in that game and ended up being a tie. I remember thinking, do not pick the Giants again in this matchup because the talent disparity when the Giants are on offense and that front for Washington is on the field and they might get Chase Young back this week is a massive Mismatch, And so I just don't see the Giants scoring a lot of points. And I think the only way they win is if they force two or three Taylor Heineke turnovers, which is possible. But other than that, Washington's a better team. Yeah, I mean, I, to your point, Dan, like this is the Giants' schedule after they play Washington. The Vikings, that's tough. The Colts, who knows what goes on there. And then you got the Eagles again. And the Eagles-Giants game from last weekend was as big a separation between two teams with winning records that I can recall. I mean, it was outside of maybe that Dallas Minnesota wipeout from earlier that game in the had season. No juice because it was so clear. It was one team over was and over, over in about yeah. 15, 16 minutes, and it exposed the Giants as a team that simply went earlier in the year. If they're in a manageable game situation, and Saquon Barkley was looking like rookie year Saquon Barkley, and Daniel Jones makes enough throws in key spots, you're going to win tight games. You bury them in a hole like what happened last week. They had no way out. There's no weapons really around. Uh, at Jones at this point, and Saquon Barkley is not the guy he was before. The better running team in this is Washington. They've been more mm. yards per attempt than any, any team in the league, and a bigger time of possession than any team in the league since Heineke has been in there. And so it's not really they're not putting it all on Heineke, which I which I like because he's going to kill you a couple times a game, but he'll also make a couple dazzling throws. He's just sort of that dude that's going to be a roller coaster. But it's not all on him. They're a really good running team right now, and I think the Giants' defense is tricky to go up against in certain ways. They, they want to apply a they lot of were. pressure. But, right, this version of the yeah. Giants is just such a lesser operation, and I was really excited about the Giants. I, that excitement has faded. They, Taylor Heineke, yes, you said it. He's up and down. He's a middling-type quarterback, but he saved their season with that fourth-down conversion at yeah. MetLife Stadium two weeks ago. And don't don't factor, while the Giants got their butts beat in, uh, by the Eagles last week and went through again the toll of a long season in a December game and Saquon being way less than 100%. And now they got a you know, plan for this game. Washington had its bye. So they had a chance now to not only study the game tape of the Giants game, they hit their bye, they get healthier, then come back and get a Giants team that's obviously doubting themselves. They haven't won a game in a month, the Giants now. So it's, you know, I think it does set up really well for the commanders who are 6-1-1 one one since week six. I don't think they're an elite team. 
but I think they are certainly at this point a better team than the Giants, and this one is one I feel pretty strong about. And as go well. watch what happened to Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal against the Eagles pass rushers last week. That's what I don't like about this game either. Just surprising. Thomas has had a great he's year. He's been good, yeah. He, I, he gave up one sack in that game. He he was okay, but the rest of the group, you're right, is troubling. And the interior of this Washington line is awesome. What, one positive for the Giants is since Aziz Ojolari returned, he's been their best defensive player. And Thibodeau is playing better. So I do think you have two good ed, edge rushers to maybe force one of those Heineke mistakes. But yeah, if this... If this thing is just line it up and play even, Washington's way better. Yeah, and Barkley, if there was one thing that came out of getting blown out by the Eagles, uh, they got to get Barkley out of that game. Um, but he's gonna—he's practicing. He's got a neck issue. But the, the thing is, they're caught in a really bad spot. Anytime your star player is dealing with anything neck-related, right. and he's a you know a battering ram running back who's you know everyone's trying to destroy. And they need him to touch the ball 30 times to win this game. Mm. None of this feels like it's passing the smell test. And oh, by the way, Washington has the second lowest EPA per rush in the league. So Giants were built for a nine game season. Yes. Uh Somebody's very confident in how this matchup will unfold. All right. Thank you, Gravedigger. Hello, heroes. I'm back again. Another win last week. (laughs) Keeping pace with Greggy, three back. That's plenty of time to play. It's not keeping pace. So we're going to this uh, football matchup between the Commandos and the Giants. You guys know I've never believed in this Giants team. They're not very good. They got really lucky in the first half of the season. Their luck's run out. So it's time for the Commanders to, you know, go ahead and start to uh, take command of this wild card race. Lock it up. Yeah. Very good. Well done. He, I guess I know. I understand what Nick's saying there. He kept pace in the sense that he didn't. He didn't fall last, another game last week. He kept pace. Yes. yes. Last week. Before he did. that, he fell behind pace. He's also keeping to your uh, time code demands, Dan, with these with these clips. It, it was a he went real beefy and long for a while. Suggestion: They are less uh, cinematic in scope now. Sure. But I would say I don't want to rein in Nick in that way. I don't if, think if, you if can, he needs to go yeah. walking through fields again to to deliver the content he feels is elite. Please do so. Yeah, don't squelch his creativity, right. please. And, d- and don't put that on me. I don't. Don't put that evil on me, Mark. What? I want Nick well, to be Nick. Well, you did put a number you, out you there. You were very you dismayed sick. by his. You said, you know. sick. "Can we keep it under a minute?" No, that's why tugboats here. Sometimes tugboat has to make sure. Well, we understand gets who's going to. Yeah. Well, we're not, so, we're there not was trying to change the message. There in was here. a boat, you know, floating a little bit, and I had to go. Boop, boop, had to bring it in a little bit, but I don't want it to curtail. You okay. can be funny. Our podcast saying this. You could be creative. <laughs> without it going too long. You can also do shows that go about 145 minutes if you need to. So it's it's your... Which, we should we get to the do. next game. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Monday Night Football. We don't have to spend too much time in this game, though. No. Uh, the Rams, 4-9 and nine at Packers from Lambeau Field. Uh, if there is intrigue, well, you know, I know ESPN and everyone connected uh, with Monday Night Football is going to sell this hard as, you know, Baker's first game since that Thursday night uh, miracle. Uh, so you do have that. That gives the Rams at least a little juice at this state uh, stage. And then for the Packers, I don't know. If you like watching Aaron Rodgers play football, which despite everything else, I really do enjoy watching Rodgers, you get that in prime time, maybe some elements. There you go. And depending what else happens this weekend, let's say, you know, the Seahawks fall, the, those NFC East teams are falling hard with the Giants. 
They've run, the, they've run the numbers. Well, they'd certainly got to have it. Got to have it. We got, we're up to eight. We're up I, to eight. I don't think the Packers can do this or will do this, but if they won their last four games to get to nine and eight, there's a realistic chance that that gets you in the playoffs at an, in, you, in the are, NFC. I they vacated run this corner. You're taking the corner? I'm not. I'm just trying to sell the game. You don't and have I to sell the game. I think they'll win this game. They'll be an eight point, they're an eight-point favorite. And quietly, I think their offensive line, which was an issue early in the season, since they put Elton Jenkins back at guard, even without Bakhtiari potentially on Monday night, They've kind of figured it out, and when you protect Rodgers and you can run the ball a little bit, you would think that's going to be enough against Baker. Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely not running the table. I'm not going down that road with you, but I, I would say that there is an air of optimism now because of what Christian Watson has become. It's, it's it's like, I think there was, you know, we were days away from, maybe we just need to put Jordan Love in there and put Aaron Rodgers on the shelf because it's more valuable to see what you have, and will Aaron Rodgers be back? I, at this point, I'd rather say, like, <laughs> yeah. keep Aaron Rodgers in there and allow him to build chemistry with Christian Watson going into next season, because I agree, you keep the guy in there that you're paying three years and 150 million dollars. <laughs> well, like that, that was, was always a little bit like there's a lot of melodrama, not just with Rodgers himself, but the way people talk about Rodgers. Maybe and the week Packers. 18, though, week 17. But if they win this game, they'll be mathematically alive heading into Miami next week. So you, yeah. you're obviously keeping. Well, when that, that chatter was coming up about love, things were very grim, and it was like, do you want Aaron Rodgers to like tear his knee up or something and then go into the offseason with that? It was just shelve him and get a look at love. I mean, I, it was grim when they were down 16 three to the worst defense in the league in Chicago too. They, they got out of Wait that game. We locked that season. game. You said never a doubt. Oh yeah, I know. But yeah. uh, I just doubt. mean like it, it looked, it wasn't a great point in their season. Would you be surprised? Moment. Would you be stunned if he finishes the season on a heater, Rogers? No, I wouldn't. I'm I could, always I could afraid of it. I wouldn't be stunned, but I don't see that with this I, team. I'd be more, I'd be much more surprised if Baker Mayfield does. Like I still think you can limit him in terms of his short game. He, he, he throws it well down the field, middle of the field. Uh, can he get like the easy passes that keep an offense moving? I think um, the biggest, like now that we have a little distance from that Thursday night comeback, the biggest thing that I take away from, that was such a hugely important game for him, obviously. We were talking two days earlier. What kind of value would he even have for teams looking for a backup? I think obviously that showed teams, oh, you want to have that guy in the building if you want to jumpstart. And maybe it also, you know, showed him like I okay, this is this can still be fun. And maybe I can go sign with a team that has a so so quarterback and eventually work my way back into the lineup and take like a Taylor Heineke type route uh to a starting role. So I, well, I how think- about a team with a, a older quarterback with a neck back injury that seems like he'll be an injury uh risk and uh a great coach in Matthew Los Angeles Stafford, you're that he's to. on oh. right now. Right. Well, I that did- seems perfect. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. As a backup, I, I, I think that's why they brought him in—not just yeah. for to save the this lost season, but I, to like he have just can't, bets number two because things we everyone has short memories. He can't now like crater Monday night and then have a bad rest of the season because then this as exciting as that game was, it probably it will dissipate some of this buzz around him. Fin- he has to finish in a decent manner, but it does give the it gives the game some juice. And Brian Gutekunst, our friend, our German friend, the yeah. general manager. Um, from Germany, he was he was asked about Aaron Rodgers, who's turning. I'll wait, Mr. Gravedigger. I like the early Goody stuff. Yeah, like this more is raw. it was raw. Mm. It was less produced, uh, but you could you could hear the hunger in his voice. <laughs> Another person that gets a theme song around here. 
Are you just outwardly begging for a theme song? No, you a- you asked if I wanted one on the last uh, show, and I w- of course I, I'd say yes. I don't know if I asked in a serious way, but now that you've oh, well, brought okay. it up, yeah, um, yeah, it's happening. Uh, apropos of nothing, that was, that was sort yeah. of Mark's way of asking, yeah. like the Reddit board, to do it for. Well, I mean, if a random right. general manager's getting one. Mark wants know. a song. Everybody, please give it, give him a song. I, I am not. Send in, any... in the submissions. We will we will go through the, t- the tone in your voice. We will by the call way, is through like, the submissions. Why are you so sad about this? Personalities around yourself and have forty-two nicknames. And I simply want a theme song. I think that's a very fair thing. podcast at gmail.com. And subject, Mark wants a theme song. What's in that Gmail account, I wonder? I don't know. I haven't checked it in a long time. I can time. only imagine what's going on in there. I'm just saying, you could have just come to us privately and said, I really want a theme song. And <laughs> well, we would have absolutely I, rolled this out. You absolutely would have not lifted a finger if I came to the two of you privately asking for a theme song. Now it will happen, and it will happen against your will. Um, all right. Which you will be forced to enjoy and deal with, which is how I like it. I would have liked to be a part of the meeting <laughs> where Mark comes to us privately yeah. and asks for the that theme song. That is I the just most would have liked to be there. I wanted to be there to see how Mark approached, approached it. <laughs> that, I think that would have been healthy, but I like that you're doing it in real time and, and putting a gun to the podcast head. Well, you forced my hand. All right, let's I'm get to Switzerland it. Switzerland over here watching you two. You know, when you say that, no one finds it likable. On either what side. What do you mean? I love you know it. What? People don't really like Switzerland. That's, well, Switzerland whoa, doesn't whoa, take a side. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. What? Jessica's from Switzerland. People That's, like Switzerland. Yes, People are happy they love there. Switzerland. If, all right. In, in, in you, newsflash, Dan, if you yes. think my goal in this podcast is to come out outwardly likable, like, where have you been? <laughs> That's fair a fair enough. point. What, who is from Switzerland? Jessica. Yes, that's right. That country redeemed itself. Roger right there. Federer, one of the nicest guys around. What, you know Roger? Personally? I mean, everyone loves him. Monday Night Football. Me and all my friends are jerks. I think Heidi is, Heidi is from Switzerland. <laughs> are we getting to the draft now? Let's do it. All right, let's get to the draft and let's welcome in a friend. A man that's not afraid to take a side because he has moral fiber. He'd never say, I'm Switzerland. He would say, This is how I feel. I'm going to say it with my chest. He's Kevin Patro. Coming at you. Well, well, well. (laughs) It's about dang time. (laughs) Yeah. It's been too long, Patro. Our resident Lions fan from way back in the day. Yes. Pirate my team for your own purposes. (laughs) The Detroit Lions. I understand that. Little game. And I don't even get a lousy letter or a call. Letter. <laughs> no, I ripped all your posters off the wall. <laughs> you just swoop in, have all the fun we've been dying for years oh, and yeah. years and years and years. And then you three bozo <laughs> come in for the fun times. You're just speculators here. Yeah. See, we had our little neighborhood. It was in dire straits. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Cleaning up the block, getting rid of the burned out buildings. Oh, no. Redoing <laughs> some stuff. And, oh, and then the speculators come in when it's all cleaned up, just raising the prices. <laughs> so you're saying we're, we're gentrifying home. the Lions fan base here. Exactly without <laughs> saying it. A little fun. And the worst part is. You didn't even reach out. Uh, Come on, I'm right here. Wait, I well, wait go. hold on, Patrick. Hold on. Mark, take this. Well, the whole... Uh, what? Got an email. 
not a Slack, nothing. The whole so thing I, is, when we interact with you, we want a feisty Patra. So our strategy yeah, was w- was absolutely perfect. You've come on, you bring a lot of fire. That's what we asked for. And so you actually should be pleased with our strategy. Perhaps. Uh, clowns. I'm hey, Switzerland. We, we stuck clowns. by the Lions. At least most of us did. When they were 1-6, the buildings were still pretty burned out back then. If we're going to get blamed for them going on a losing streak when we picked them, then we deserve credit. We're bringing a lot of money into this Lions economy. <laughs> I need somebody to go back and look at all the Team of ATLs that you guys have done. Mm. Because yeah. they've been trash after the first one. No, okay. Uh, I found a winner. Cardinals and Panthers are both good, and then after that, it's been tough. Yeah, you, you've got a point. But, I'm just saying, so, you could have called me and let me. Hey, we're gonna thinking about doing this. Hey, what do you what are your thoughts here? Uh, <laughs> I love this. So the this move. In the cold. This so is the move well. would have been to clear it with you. You're saying. No, I don't even need to clear it. I just said you could say, hey, we're going to do this. Hey, would you like to come on and let us know what the positives and the negatives of this uh, this ride uh, we're going to take? Well, you're here right now. Let's hear it. <laughs> How, how's it feeling to be a Lions fan? It doesn't feel like it's reached out. Come on. All right. Common All right. Let's 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 take the temperature down in the room to the party. Let's take the temperature down in the room here. We we did. We did fail you, Kevin, and we never want to do that. But now we we are on your side. We are on the, and we just want to know what it's what's it like right now to be a Lions fan. Uh, um, cautiously <laughs> optimistic. Okay, interesting. Like the direction, but we've been here before. Um, you know, if I don't, you guys probably weren't following the '90s, the Wayne Fonts Lions. Uh, I remember Wayne Fonts. I think we all well. Seesawing optimism, he was going to get fired one year, and then they would make a, a, a mini run and almost make the playoffs. And then then he wouldn't get fired. And then, you know, you had Barry Sanders, Lomas Brown, Herman Moore, optimism, Robert Porsche on the edge. There, there was pieces that you could convince yourself that they could be turn it around. You were a small child, though, back then. That was a long time ago. This Don't is, antagonize him. We're just getting things calmed down. No, Greg. no, I'm just saying, like, this is new. This is new no, in no, your no, adulthood. No. Let, me there. Let me get there. My point is that we've had these, okay, we can see a bright future. We got Amon Ra. We got uh, Aiden's playing better. There's pieces that you can see, but will they take the next step? The easiest part of the NFL is going from the cellar to the basement. Now, can you take this next step to the first floor and eventually get to the penthouse? Those are much harder steps to take. Understandable. I hear that. As a Jet fan, I hear that. You need to see that that next step to really feel like you've made it. And we're gonna get we're gonna get to the Jets and Lions in, in a minute because the draft is opening. And um, Kevin, would you mind? And again, apologies for everything. And, and yeah, basically everything. Yeah. Um, but we'd love for you to sit in on the first round of the draft with us. Could you? Would you? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> First pick goes to Mark Sessler. All right. Well, uh, it's a good week of football. I'm going to go with the game that I most want to see. That's how this works. Uh, Titans at Chargers, which will be taking place, you know, 20 feet from our work office. And uh, this Chargers team, had it been last week, I wouldn't have taken this because the Tennessee Titans are a spiraling, nosediving operation at the moment. Um, So they're in like a survival mode scenario. I like that about it. But the Chargers, after Sunday night, I feel like it was a turning point for this team. And I know it's the Chargers, so it's like they'll probably mm, bite be me. Careful. For, I know, I know, but I just would say this, that I think that Brandon Staley, really for the first time in his 
two-year coaching career, has is at a point where he can create genuine momentum around his overall program. Because last week was one of the first times where the Staley defense made an absolute mockery of the high-powered Dolphins, and it looked like it just worked. It was the way he used Michael Davis. Just The fact that that should have been the plan, he, used, he did it effectively. You got it on the flip side. You have Justin Herbert. After months of you know consternation, it seems like this offense was so pent up that he was injured. He wasn't himself. People are starting to talk about him. He's maybe not the guy we think he was. And then he went and did what he did on Sunday night. It completely revived my faith on both sides of the ball of what the Chargers mm. could be. Will I be bitten for this? Likely, but I think they're <laughs> obviously hitting the Titans at a really good time. Well, their defense you know, is built to stop the pass, and the Titans are obviously a run-first team. So that's a big-time test for them to stand up. I know the Titans haven't run the ball well lately, but they, they got a little better for most of that Jacksonville game till, till it fell apart. I think what was a little lost in the Herbert game was, like, how much of this is just Mike Williams? Like, Justin Herbert's been great all along. How many of those great throws that Herbert made would only have been caught by Mike Williams? And I don't just mean on this Chargers roster. Of course, on this roster. Mm. He expands the uh, types of throws Herbert can even make. The best throws were to Mike Williams. I mean, in the entire NFL, he's one of the best boundary. Ball is up in the air. You go got to get it deep down the field or for a first down if you're out running. He's one of the best in the league at it, and we haven't gotten to see him that much, but he's peaking right now, and he makes all the difference for me, and I don't think the Titans have a cornerback physical enough, Kevin Patra, to, to stand up to Mike Williams. They, they don't have the secondary, clearly. The question is, is will the Chargers' defense off, offensive line, I'm sorry, uh, stand up to the Char- or Titans' pass rush? Mm-hmm. That's, where the, that's the key to this game for me, is the Titans' D-line versus the Chargers' O. The Chargers' O-line played pretty well the other day, and Justin Herbert can make throws while getting hit. But if Simmons is in there crushing the middle, then that's, the, that's where the Titans are going to make their hay, by not giving him time to find those deep passers, because... Tennessee secondary is one of the worst in the NFL. Helps to have Corey Lindsley back, though. And, and, and Danico Autry on the other side looks like he'll probably be back. Right. Traylon Burks is not practicing as of Wednesday. I'm not sure what uh, the Thursday report was. Um, they also had Robert Woods not practicing Wednesday. And it, it, none of this sets up well for the Tennessee uh, passing game. Uh, jumping up here. So you're going to, again, put a lot on Derrick Henry's plate. What else is new? I wanted to say one more point about uh, Herbert's Sunday night game, which was just brilliant and shut up a lot of people uh, that were saying certain things about the two quarterbacks involved in that game. My favorite throw was actually the one he made to Keenan Allen that still doesn't make sense. That was so good. A sideline throw, probably about 10, 12 yards, that you watch it on replay. You watch it in real time, and it looked like he threw it through the defender. And then you show the replay, and it only looks slightly um, less possible as it gets into Allen's hands to the point where Allen turns around and is, like, pointing at him, like, oh, my God, you just did that. And then Herbert's pointing back at him. Yeah, yeah. I did do that. You did it too, buddy. And, like, the vibes are good. I think it does set up well here for the Chargers, but also bringing Gravedigger here. Justin, um, this is, you know, we talked about Crossroads game. They went down the wrong road uh, and talked about this on the power rankings with Colleen. The Chargers are a team that you could totally see coming off. They went down their own road, a good road. Oh, let me go help out the Titans. And then the Titans trip them and push them in the dirt. And they (laughs) use this game to get on the right crossroad. And then the Chargers are left on the other side. The Titans need, 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 need to have it. Will they get it? it? Um, My confidence level in the Titans is pretty low, especially if Traylon Burks doesn't play. 
But I do think the Chargers' run defense is not that good, and they're susceptible to what the Titans do well. But for the Titans to get a win in this game, the Chargers are going to need to charger. Like, they're going to need to get some luck. The Titans guys haven't been, like, making better plays than the opponents in recent weeks. You saw such great catches with, like, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram in that Jacksonville game last week. I've seen the Chargers do things like that. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert make incredible plays. For the Titans to win, the other team's got to shoot themselves in the foot a couple times, and I don't... I mean, the Chargers have notoriously done that to themselves a lot, so I guess both teams will have, like, a lose-off. Whoever doesn't beat themselves the most can win this game. I mean, only one team in the league is giving up more passing yards per game than Tennessee. I like that with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert triage. I feel like it's a gotta have a game for the Chargers. Absolutely. I mean, they could, they, here's the thing is they look at the schedules. And is this a double could, gotta have a game? I mean, they could think that they can afford a loss because their next three, they'll be even more heavily favored. Uh, but I think if they can get past this game, they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, they have the second easiest remaining sk- strength of schedule. This is the toughest game they have left. If you can win this, you can fly. That's what I mean, that it's such a momentum builder for yeah. them. And I, I think that it's Brandon Staley's, like, who, who you know, you got that Sean Payton sent, thing sitting out there. It's like, shut all that up. And I know Graver and all the other Titans fans have looked at the remaining schedule. If you lose this game, things start to get very scary when you look at the path to the playoffs in the AFC South. You're going to need another team in the mix that we're going to get to to continue to play well. But it opens the door for something catastrophic for Tennessee if they lose this game. Let's move to the second pick of the draft. And here he is, uh, Kevin Patra, the lifelong Lions fan. And here I am, Tugboat, the longtime Jets fan. So Lions, Jets. And I do feel, Patra, that this is a a double got-to-have-it game for both teams. Um, The team that wins is going to be feeling very confident about their chances of making the dance in January, and the, and the team that loses understands they have a big uphill climb to find a way in. Absolutely. The winner, you know, the winner might go to the playoffs. Jets, I think, have a great shot if they win. The Lions, you know, still yeah, have some work to do, but they could win out if they win this game. This is the, from the Lions' perspective, this is the toughest game they've had since since uh, Dallas, and they got whooped there. Um, going Such on the road. disrespect for the, the Vikings, but I agree. <laughs> I... I I mean, Vegas would agree with me, so I'm fine there. Uh, I I think this is the toughest matchup because the Giants-Jets defense is so dang good, even if Quinnen doesn't play. Now, if he does, that's a huge advantage for Jared I don't think he's playing with that calf injury. Those things can be tricky. That would be 50-50, they called it. It's not practicing. So if he doesn't doesn't play, I think that's big, but I still think that they got enough horses up front to do some damage. I mean, we saw what Buffalo was able to do. I mean, we saw... Dallas was able to do before that, and uh, New England obviously got after Goff in the shutout. So playing on the road for the Lions is going to be turnovers, and the Jets can force some turnovers. Sauce on Amon Ra is going to be awesome to watch, I think. I hope they travel him. We'll see. But uh, I think for the Lions, you have to win this game if you have any hope. Hmm. Uh, and, and it's a prove it's a prove-it game mentally beyond the playoffs. I think this is the type of game all the press clippings – are coming out. Dan Campbell's great. Love the Lions. Look at what they're doing. What a cute little team. Win the game. <laughs> win the game. But win a big game that you need to keep your playoff hopes alive. If you come out and put a stinker up and Goff throws three interceptions, just burn all the press clippings. Burn them all uh, and get ready for next. 
I mean, Patra is a. Oh, I, I I think we all get it. We've rooted for teams that have long suffered, but uh, it, I wouldn't say that the Lions' successes turned Patra into a sort of flowery, overly happy individual necessarily. I love the idea of They're Ben still Johnson. Detroit fans, though. Well, yeah, yeah, I love the idea of Ben Johnson going against Robert Sala's defense. I think that Ben Johnson is someone that no one knew about last summer, and now it's like he's become one of the better coordinators in the league, and I think he ran circles around the Vikings last week. That You were playing a terrible defense. I think part of what was going on there was like, right. Right. that offense matched up so well that Jamison Williams touchdown was insane. Yeah, no and that's, I think Kevin hit on it there. Like, I don't think the, the Lions offense, as good as it's been this year, I don't think this is a great matchup um, against the Jets in this spot, and I would feel way more confident if Quinn Williams was playing, but I still think, mm. yes, they can get pressure on Goff, and I think if if Sauce does what he does all season, which is just, you know, neutralize the players that he's covering. So that's either going to take St. Brown out or, or DJ Shark. DJ Reed, who's been another big surprise and a great player for the Jets this year. I think it's going to put Goff in a situation where he's got to look elsewhere. And then all of a sudden the internal clock's going off and the, the pass rush is getting home. I, I like the Jets keeping the Lions in a, you know, around 20, 20 point zone. Now, then you got to look at the Jets and can the Jets score enough points? We know Detroit's defense is getting better, uh, but it's still not anything close to an elite uh, defense. We're probably going to have Mike White in this game, even though it looks like he has a rib injury. They're going to have him play through it. They only have two touchdowns, the Jets, in the last two weeks on offense. So Hmm. can the Jets score 20-plus points? Right. It's weakness on weakness when the Jets have the ball in terms of their offensive line versus the Lions' pass rush. But the Lions' pass rush is trending up. The Jets' offensive yep. line, which I think was holding the fort well enough for most of the season, has really collapsed the last few weeks. It's been tough matchups. I am looking forward to see what Ben Johnson kind of pinpoints on this Jets' defense. Because the Jets' defense is very solid throughout. To me, it's their linebackers and their safety play, maybe over the middle of the field. And that's Amon Ra, St. Brown, and you got to protect Goff. They haven't looked quite the same when they've been on the road. Uh, it's going to be a bad weather game. Like, are they a dome team, Kevin Patra? Are they yep. a Detroit yeah. dome team? <laughs> Patra is not Show in me. on the Lions. We'll I love it. We'll see. No, no, no. I, I just haven't think Goff hasn't hasn't had a big game in a in a crappy situation where he wasn't playing a bad defense or in bad weather. We'll okay. See. I, I'm. He, he's. You know. He's always been. He is what he. He's always been. Top. 12, 15 quarterback, that's fine. That's what he's going to be. And when he's buffered by playmaking and an offensive coordinator who's willing to get creative and a good good offensive line in a run game, he can move the ball. But when that stuff breaks down, and we, we saw him get whooped by the Patriots on the road earlier this year, it, let show me. I think one thing I'd like to say, though, I think this is Aiden Hutchinson's chance to put a I am the defensive rookie of the year Oh, I like that. Uh, oh, come on. He was I don't know what he week. can do at this point. I, I'm not feeling that. Hi, Sauce. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. Uh, I'm I don't he feel can... like he's in the mix. It, personally, I've seen that okay. out there. I don't think you so. you got a reason no, no, to be hopeful. Like him, though. If he, has three sacks, if he has three sacks against a so-so okay. offense line and he changes the game and gets a forced fumble, I think this is the game if he wants to win it, that he's got to go do it. And maybe Sauce gets picked on a little bit by Amon Ra. He's Who played well know? the last hmm. month. The first month, two months, even though he had some right. stats were, were not great. And um, we've been talking up golf on this show the last week or so now. Uh, but you're right about this. It's the see you have to close strong. They have three road games, including back-to-back games at New York. Obviously, this game at Carolina. So, you know, we're going to learn about Goff if he could travel there a- a- against better defenses. And um, my last point on this one, and I think this is a very close game, Padra. I think this goes down to the, uh, the final possessions. Um, Robert Sala has done an incredible job with this team this year for the Jets. And uh, after Sunday's game, when 
when you, you, know, you saw maybe doubt could be creeping into the room, he again like pushed a button that I that I'd like to see. This is what he said about uh, after the loss to the Bills uh, and the Jets have you know lost four of six now. Let's listen in. I think I speak for everyone in that we missed an out. Uh, we're going to see these guys again. So, what makes you say that? I just think we are. I just like it. They they believe in solid. They believe in the messages he sends, and I, I think he's going to have the Jets ready and pumped uh, at the Meadowlands on Sunday. It's like two Coach of the Year candidates going head to head. I like that. That's all narrative driven, so it works. Yes, Justin. I've struggled in the lot competition. I've missed five straight. No, you haven't. So I've. That's impossible because <laughs> this a coin would do better than that, right? Okay. <laughs> I've outsourced my pick this week. Because what? I just can't put it in my own hands. Oh my so what is going on? The here? lovely Sean Kelly, lovely, has made my pick this week. <laughs> what do you got, Shoney? Dan, I hate to do this to you, <laughs> but I'm riding with the team of ATL. Wow. They gotta have it. I'm locking oh, up the Lions. No. That's fine. So the guy that's missed five straight games picked the yeah, team playing good. the Jets. I'm yeah. supposed to be upset about on that. Yeah, don't put this stink on us, <laughs> Justin. Come on. Um. All right. Last pick of the first round goes to Greg Rosenthal. All right, I'm going to take the best afternoon game remaining. It's the Tony Romo game. It's Bengals. It's Bucks. The Bucks, not very fun to watch, but this is a big game, and I am loving watching the Bengals week after week. We think that T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd could both be back for this game, which would be massive uh, because you look at the Bucks' defense right now, probably without Vita Vea, probably without Jamel Dean, who's been their best cornerback. Now, they do get two or three starters back in the secondary, but that just sort of speaks to what this Bucks defensive season has been. It's like starters going in and out all year, and they've been good, not great, and I feel like you have to be great on defense to slow down the way Joe Burrow is playing right now, unless something crazy happens like the Browns game where you lose your two starters in the first series. Uh, so I feel great about them putting about 30 points. Just make it more miserable for the Bucks, and that's why I'm locking up the Bengals. Mm. I like that. You could, I think you could score 17 points and beat one of the worst offenses we've seen all year in the Bucks. I mean, I think last week was a watershed moment in terms of high embarrassment for a Bucks coaching staff that I think has been a massive disappointment on both sides of the ball and not a lot of accountability there. And it's it, they're a tough team to watch. And I love the idea that the Bengals week after week, no matter who, it's, if it's the Titans, we'll go be as physical you as you and beat you up. If it's the Chiefs, we'll find a way to win and score enough points to do that and do it in a different way. Last week against what they did, they're just, they're, to me, are the team in the AFC that is on the rise like they were a year ago. Joe Burrow has been insane over the last month and a half. And mm. what's not to like about the way they match up week after week with anyone? What's the problem in beating Tampa Bay? I see none. I do see a problem. Um, I know you can't just say Tom Brady anymore um, because there's too much mounting evidence of this team is just not very good. But they are on the road. Uh, T. Higgins has a hamstring, and that was handled very strangely by Cincinnati yesterday. I think he, uh, last week, I think he played one snap. Ty Boyd busted up his finger on the first possession of the game. They're and, at practice. I mean, and, they're not out. Yeah, we you you we just hope know. those guys are themselves and they they're able to play. Um, Trey Hendrickson is, is likely out. Their what best is Hunter? Pass rusher. Yeah. What what about? Um, Ooh, I'm blanking on the tight end. Uh, Hayden Hurst Hayden is Hurst. out. Yeah. He's out as well. So that you know, they're they're 
Joe Mixon, obviously we've had the concussion issues. There are reasons to think that maybe this team could be limited because of health issues. But yeah, I think it comes down to Patcher for me. Um, do you think at some point that the the Bucks turn it on and and score points and this Brady Evans thing ever gets worked out? At this point, you're just hoping against hope because everything's telling us it's just not going to happen. I'm hoping we can get rid of the Bucks. I'm so tired of the Bucks. Thank you. Prime time games, having to watch them every week. Blah blah blah. It's it's just inefficiency on offense. Nobody's on the same page. They can't block worth a dang. Brady is terrified to take a hit. The defense misses more tackles than anybody in, than in recent memory. It's just not a good operation. I, I don't know what Byron left, which he, if he calls one more screen, I, I screen pass, I might burn something down. It's just like him and Matt Patricia get run, together and have run, like Zoom calls run. talking about their Zoom, uh, their uh, screen passes. No burning in Detroit, though, Patra. We're trying to refurbish this neighborhood. Uh, sell at a okay. profit. No, I'm just saying like the burned out buildings, that's no longer the case in Detroit. It's just not, it's, it's, it, it's, it's not fun to watch. It's just it's like fair. any dire situation. Uh, let's throw a screen pass to Chris Godwin. I think that'll work. Uh, it doesn't. It's just, it's there. I don't understand the Evans Brady thing. It's like they now decided to hate each other all year. And this is just <laughs> playing out. Like, is there some drama we don't know about? Cause it's just ridiculous. Seth Wickersham, get keep, down there. The defense might be even more disappointing because they are just awful, and it's not. I don't think it's going to be close. I can't believe Vegas has this as three and a half. I, I just can't believe like that we're still asking will they at some point turn it around? This is just who this team is. I worry a tiny bit that their short passing attack actually could work against this. Bengals defense, which sometimes plays off the weaknesses at cornerback. They're without Hendrickson, which we hadn't mentioned previously on the show, but that's their best defensive lineman. Uh, but DJ Reader is the new Vita Vea. Like, he is the best big run stuffer, pocket pusher out there in the business. So I'm not feeling good for Tom Brady in this one. And uh, I do just want to send a shout out to my son, uh, who's nicknamed Mini Tom Brady at school. He is flying right now. Well, not as we tape this, but as he's listening to Japan. And I said I'd send him a secret message at some point in the podcast. He likes listening to the podcast. I love so, it. So, uh, sorry the Bucks are going to lose this game, uh, Walker. <laughs> uh, but mini Tom Brady, you're the man, and have a great trip. Oh, All right. What a dad. Dad of the year. Another great dad is Kevin Patra. And Patra, I hope that this appearance on some level shows um, – <laughs> as an act of contrition from the show that we, we did not ask to move into the neighborhood before we did. We should have consulted the uh, real estate council. We would never make a mistake that, like that again. Better late than never, I guess. Wow. Man, <laughs> leaving on a good foot here. Patra, love you, Dump, buddy. All right, Kevin Patra, coming at you. Thank you. We'll be right back after Thanks, this. Guys. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? 
I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because then I need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, welcome back. It's time for the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota and Greg Pinch yourself because it's your pick. I am pinching myself because I'm locking in Tony Romo early or late and Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson late. That's that's living right in the holiday season. That's Cowboys Jaguars early. That's Good pick. Good fun pick. game right now. Good pick. I loved watching Trevor Lawrence this week. That was the best game of his career. Some of the throws he made during a stretch against the Titans were just unconscious and people would be like, oh, well, it's the Titans. I don't care. Like the the improvisation that he made on some of those plays and then to stick the ball in tight windows and then the... You sound like a Frenchman, the improvisation. The <laughs> guts to even try some of the throws, like the deep one that Zay Jones dropped. That was the best throw of the game. Man, you're just starting to see it and you're seeing him play with incredible confidence and you're hearing him talk with incredible confidence too just that he really felt like the Denver game in London uh, was a turning point and that he's he heard what what everyone's been saying and he realized like that was the moment he wanted to stop letting his team down and he's just playing freer because he realizes like it's not going to get any worse than that and you can just see it because the talent was there all along and now I think he's just letting it fly and this Cowboys defense hasn't been as good I would say over the last month they lost Anthony Brown a starting cornerback that shouldn't crush them but I don't think they're unstoppable I think this will be a good offensive game that comment he made about the London game against Denver it was a turnover that that haunted him at the end and that was so characteristic of, of what we had seen him um, First couple months and last year too, where it's like he had chances to win the game, and he just talked about the fact that he that that flipped a switch, and I I think that matters for a young quarterback, and he's surrounded by good coaching this year, and it's been such a last year was such a train wreck for him, so this really is almost like players on the team have said we kind of feel like this is his rookie year because last year was just washed away, and the growth we've seen over the last month has to be the most optimistic thing that's happened to the Jaguars since we've ever done this show, but really ever for the Jacksonville because you've got a guy now mm. making throws and doing things. They that were like, like a play away from going to the Super Bowl. So that sure, brief but moment. Who was yes. your quarterback then? Yes. Uh, who was your quarterback Miles then? Jack. He was not down. I was just, I just say this is this organizationally you've yes. got a coach and a quarterback now. I, I I think this is a tricky one for Dallas. I mean I don't really look at the Houston oh, game yeah. as a problem for the Cowboys. Uh, uh, uh. What? 
No, I agree with you. I was doing a little Tim, Tim Allen home improvement okay. there to agree with you. That was a little. Uh, I didn't know. I don't know what that was. That was a positive grunt. You, there for are times you. in the show where suddenly uh, you're uh, off uh, in a uh, different uh, universe, doing something completely disassociated hosting, from. My I mean, friend. I guess that's hosting. <laughs> no, the Cowboys are. You better watch out here. They're not. Uh, they're not playing very well <laughs> quietly uh, recently, and even I think some of that there was some cover up. Some lipstick on the pig, if you will, that fourth mm. quarter against the Colts. Uh, that game, they were going back and forth with a bad indie team in, in prime time. And then Houston, let's face it, they, you know, Houston kind of said, hey, we're going to let you take this. We're going to, I know we have first and goal uh, from the one, second and goal from the one yard line with a three point lead with three minutes to play. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to just completely implode in our play call and uh, give you the ball back and then stop playing defense. They were six <laughs> inches away, though. If his well, knee, who yes. was that? Burka didn't touch the ground uh, there. It was well, and so also, close. You know, Jeff Driscoll going in the wrong direction uh, on oh the key play God. of the game. That, that, you're right. That saved that. And now, I don't think this is not – sometimes this is the way we look at it as people just follow football. Oh, yeah, the, the Cowboys could go to Jacksonville and think, oh, we'll beat the Jaguars. But they know. They're watching the tape, and they're saying, oh, man, this team can play. And watch Jacksonville sneaky when Duval gets pumped up. That's a pretty good home field advantage they have there. So I think the Cowboys are in for a real fight here. I think this is a one-score game. And everything we are seeing about um, – everything that we're seeing about Trevor Lawrence sp- points to, yes, this is happening. It's happening. He's he's making this leap. He's even beating the – you can't even write the Making the Leap article on Trevor Lawrence uh, next no, summer no, because no, I think late. he's doing it now. And Justin, like, he, this is one of the gotta-have-it teams. Obviously, the Jaguars right now – are ooh sound the alarm it's a mm. gotta have it alarm alert alert they alert, are alert well that's aggressive they're five <laughs> and eight and they like, oh why do they gotta have it well again like i'm saying you look at the titans if the titans lose this week the jaguars win it's a one game difference in the standings they play each other in week 18 it, and oh by the way we saw what happened last week jacksonville has the tiebreaker so if they win in week 18, all they have to do is tie the Titans, and they could steal this division. And all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence is starting a playoff game. These are night- This is nightmare fuel that I'm not trying to pump into your heart, Justin, but I already know it's already in there. You're worried about Meh. it? So it all kind of hinges on the Jaguars kind of stealing, quote-unquote, this game. And I think Doug Peterson, who's a Super Bowl-winning coach, is saying that exact same message. Like, it's there, boys, but yeah. we got to go get well, and take it's care not of business a mirage. here. If they do all that, it's because I think they're the better team than the Titans right now. They're two organizations heading in very different directions. Love this game. And we should mention, the, the Cowboys lost Terrence Steele, their starting right tackle for mm-hmm. the season since we, we last talked. He's had a really nice season, but they are getting Tyron Smith back, it sounds like, maybe this week at left tackle. And you're going to have Jason Peters not at his normal position, right tackle. So just some big changes for them. No, you said Jason Peters. He retired. Five years he ago. is back. He is, he un- is unbelievably back. returned here. Tyler Smith and will be Tyler at left Smith, guard. Last time we saw him, his, his hamstring was exploding in training camp. So I'm just saying some of these things are to keep an eye on. There's, yeah. And they lost Anthony Brown, their starting corner the previous yeah, week. Yeah, hold on. Though. They also, in the Colts game you mentioned, scored 33 points in a quarter. And I do like what Dak Prescott did on that final drive to win last week. Like They, they can be but very Marky, explosive at times. The first three quarters of that game, not so hot. All four quarters last week. I'm just saying seven I, out of eight quarters I, against I hear you. I literally still, the two worst teams in the league. Again, though, like their slump is different than other types of slumps you can have. The Cowboys... Sometimes I don't trust them quite I don't know. I can't believe I'm here sitting here defending the Cowboys and you're not because that's a massive like character it. switch. I like it. It doesn't define my character, uh, the Cowboys. Of, of course it does not. I don't, that's, that's not how I meant that. <laughs> Something's going on <laughs> here. No, just like it's like, I, I mean, I'm getting a break here. 
What's up? I don't know. All right, that was the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. All right, let's what? get to What's the next game. <laughs> I don't know. Why is this happening on a national television uh, station? Let's, let's dig into the next game. I am up. I'm just Switzerland. Pittsburgh yeah, at Carolina. I just like when Mark says it's on national television. Like, <laughs> well, this is airing like, on NFL only, Network. Hey, there's only three channels here: NBC, CBS. Like, we're on it Sunday. Morning. I think it's assumed that they know what station is. Where people are listening it, yeah. to the podcast for what it's worth, and we love them all. Love Very you all. Good. Very good. Well done, Greg. Very good. You've done it again, Greg. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Carolina. Oh, sound the alarm again because the Panthers gotta have it. Gotta have it. <laughs> now it's getting. Now we're in the future. Uh, the Panthers are five and eight. The Panthers are looking to do kind of like if you look at the AFC South, the NFC South. They're mirrors of each other in some ways because everyone was expecting the Titans just to take care of business and win that division. Everyone was expecting the Bucks to take care of that division. But guess what? Those two teams they don't look very good right now. In the Bucks case, they haven't looked good all season. Uh, so the Panthers have a chance here, but they have to take care of business this week. And I think that they will because I think the Panthers are a team playing with a lot of confidence. Just the way they bullied the Seattle Seahawks on the road last week uh, through their running game, going over 200 y- yards on the ground, um, not asking Sam Darnold to do too much and, and, and leaning on what worked and then having your defense uh, carry them home from there. Um, the Panthers against the Steelers team, can he pick it in or out? I don't know. I like their chances here. So they're splitting reps, the Steelers, at quarterback this week between Mitchell Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. Never understood the splitting reps thing in the middle of the regular season. You got to know who you're starting, right? They're going to play them both? I guess Trubisky threw enough interceptions last week that they're thinking of giving Rudolph a shot. Uh, my initial instinct was the same as yours, Dan, in terms of the Panthers winning this game. Uh, especially going against a, a Steelers rush defense that got steamrolled last week, really, uh, against Baltimore. Mm. But then it kind of reminded me of that Steelers-Ravens game where everyone picked the Steelers in that game, even though it was like a coin flip game. And, and of course, the Steelers lost. And now everyone's going to be picking the Panthers this week from what I've seen. And yet, I still think it's a coin flip game. The Steelers have plenty of good players here, and they're just like two ugly type of teams. And it wouldn't surprise me if Mason Rudolph comes in and actually plays fairly well. It's not like having Darnold is some great quarterback advantage. No, I think that's the thing. Is like We saw Sam Darnold basically played around last like they were just doing everything they could to not really put the game in Sam Darnold's hands. When they got in that goal line situation and had him throw four times, it went terribly. I, I think if you can if you can put Sam Darnold in his situations where you've got TJ Watt and other people making life tough for him, it throws Caroline off. They run the ball so well though. That's what I love about when they get in these grooves where they're hammering people on the ground, you start to believe in the Panthers. If they can if they can stay in that kind of font, that kind of Mode. I re- I think they have a chance here. Uh, I do think it's interesting though that Derek Brown said that bearded face Sam Darnold because we we noticed his beard very last week. Right, red. he yeah. said that that version, the bearded face Sam Darnold, is a lot more chill than the clean shaven Sam Darnold. So you never know what you're going to get with this version of Darnold. It does. It's the I think it matches where he is in his career now. That's a backup grizzled backup beard, um, and I support it. Um, I don't. Did they? 
I'm interested to see Darnold having to throw the ball because I don't even know, did, were they hiding Darnold or was the running game working so well last week that it was like, we're not going to mess with this, and why would they? They just ran the ball repeatedly against Seattle Fair. in the fourth quarter because it worked every than single Steelers, time. Probably. I don't think the plan is let's have him go throw the ball 40 times and take our foot off the gas on the ground. No, I don't think so either, but I, I, I just push him back a little bit that they were hiding, and I think it was just working. So we'll see what, what it looks like when T.J. Watt is coming at him, but yeah, they're going to have they're going to have some real momentum building here if they can beat the Steelers and yes, they'll be keeping an eye on what's going on with the Bucks. And the Mason Rudolph thing, how many years do we have to be subjected to people from inside the Steelers building telling us that Mason Rudolph is someone that, you know, deserves a chance? I mean, how many years are we in that? How this? could that be the plan? Like how many years has this been going on? 4 years? 5 years. 5 years. <laughs> yeah. Half a decade. Like do they not know yet? I think they just feel like, oh, give them a chance. Um, Mark, you are up. All right, I'll go Eagles at Bears. Why not? I mean, Fun the, game. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised it's still sitting here at this point. I, For me, though, it's I, this Eagles team, I just it, I enjoy watching them so much. What they did against the Giants was just absolute and a total detonation. And they're just so powerful. They And they're, and they're the opposite of like the teams that have to do one thing to win, like the Panthers we just talked about. They can hurt you in so many different ways. And I, some of the throws that Hurts has made, like I, you know, like I doing the QB index early in the season was like, oh, yeah, Hurts is mobile and p- people aren't watching the Eagles. You don't realize how much he's grown as a passer. And I think that applies also to Justin Fields doing that, art, that column. No one gets more hate on a weekly basis than people saying Justin Fields is not a top 12, not a top 10 type of figure at this point. Hmm. He's just a runner. It's like if you're watching Bears games, his arm is changing. It's developing. He's making throws. And I think that the quarterback matchup alone makes this so juicy because the Eagles, for all their strengths, when they've gone up against QB rushes, they have been, they've ranked last in success rate in the league this year against that. And QB runs in essentially yards per carry. So it's a, there's a chance for Justin Fields to do Justin Fields type things. And he's going to have to have a chance in this game because their defense is a mess. That's why it's kind of the perfect matchup. The Eagles get to try to work on something that they struggle at. They have played better run defense overall over the last month. After bottoming out against Washington, they've been about average over the last month since then. But it's different playing Justin Fields. So you get to try to play maybe the most challenging running quarterback in the league right now, Justin Fields, try to slow that down in a good running game with Montgomery. And they've actually called some pretty creative plays in their offensive line. Uh, But you probably don't have to really worry about losing the game or anything like that because you're going up against the Bears defense and you're going to put 30 on the board. It'd be great to be a team that's just like, we know we're going to win. We're just going to work on a few things in this game. Uh, Are you hearing some of this uh, chatter out there about – Jalen Hurts, and maybe he shouldn't be getting as much credit uh, because it's the system and the team more than the player. Do we have Do we have the sound, by the way? We have uh, Jordan Mailata, left tackle for the Eagles, uh, responding to uh, Micah Parsons, the great Cowboys uh, pass rusher who um, was going down that road uh, and kind of maybe pushing back on Hurts being a, a superstar quarterback. Here's what Mailata had to say in response. Yeah, I'm going to worry about the Chicago Bears this week, man. Uh, worry yes. about yeah, Marcus should worry about his game this week, too. So, uh, even in the game. I don't, I don't know who the f*** they're playing, um, but part of my language, I mean, just just worry about who you got this week. Okay? That's how we do it here. I'm not going to worry about any other comments anybody said. That's just how we focus and, and run about our business. you got the Chicago Bears, not the Chicago Marcus Bisons. 
Not the Chicago Micah Parsons. Every team needs a feisty Australian. That's my uh, takeaway from They've there. got one. It yeah. helps if he's like 6'8 and 370 pounds and moves <laughs> like like a track athlete. Uh, yeah, I don't see any way. Is there? <laughs> it's hard to imagine, barring something unforeseen and unfortunate, um, the Eagles not putting up like 40 points in this game, right? The Bears are yeah. healthier for what it's worth. Uh, they got back, I think, two starters, maybe three in the secondary, Brisker, and uh, Gordon, they're, they're two rookies, so that will help them put up a fight. But no, they have no pass rush. And yeah, you mentioned it. Hurts thrown with anticipation. Oh, it's, it's like every week. Did you want to add to that? I'm sorry. No, I think I was excited to hear the snake sound. Snakes to you? To me. All right, well, I'm going to go, you know, you pick these games. i got to get one that's going to be, I'm thinking, hopefully a little bit more of a wipeout. Chiefs at Texans. I actually found the Texans enjoyable to lot to watch last week, and I'm glad they didn't show, totally shoot down the concept of running back the Mills slash uh, Driscoll two quarterback platoon, which I think threw Dallas off. I mean, like I mentioned on Sunday, it threw everyone off because I was trying to figure out on Twitter what's going on here, why are they doing this, and like no one quit. Well, there wasn't an injury. It was just like we're going to use both, and when Driscoll's on the field, we're obviously going to run it. I don't know if any of that'll happen this week against the Chiefs. I, I kind of would like to see though Kansas City go out and have a really crisp game on offense. Um, I mean, they're having to do things differently game to game. Mahomes, you know. I don't really, when Mahomes has a, it wasn't a bad game, but he made a couple bad throws last week. He also did some incredibly circus act, like wonderful things. So that's sort of like the worst version of Mahomes. I don't really mind that at all. I think it's just like, it would be nice to go see Kansas City drop a Mm. hammer on someone as they go down the stretch run here. Yeah, I got a a note uh, from our friend at ATN Lockups this week, Mm. reminding us of the win-loss totals that we did. And, you know, some some we've been right, some we aren't. Hmm. Mark's over four and a half Texans is on the line this week. Officially will be eliminated here without a win. And Dan, I had the Chiefs, I believe, over. Maybe I did. I can't even remember at this point. And they'll officially get over there over. It's crazy to think back that ten and a half was like the line for Kansas City. So even though they've had some ups and downs. That that AFC West, all the summer hype around that division. Well, and we didn't know what the Chiefs would be, you know, minus Tyreek Hill, etc. They've worked that out. Um, and you know what? You mentioned, you know, the Chiefs are due to just drop a hammer on someone. They did last week. They were winning 27 nothing in the second quarter <laughs> against the Broncos and then somehow let the Broncos get back in that game. And it's a bad defense. Denver had multiple opportunities in the second half to take the lead in that game, believe it or not, uh, before uh, Mahomes and company regrouped and got that um, extra score to Juju Smith-Schuster that kind of put that game away. But you didn't come out of the game being like, "Oh yeah, Chiefs, they are they are fully formed right, right now." So is right. the, can can you trust the defense? It's not going to be a problem this week. Damian Pierce now is out uh, for the Texans, who's one of the only watchable guys on that offense. I don't have any interest in watching Houston ever again this season. I'll only do it from a professional standpoint. Otherwise, this team can go away would, like, and add, figure out what they are. I had Nico Collins is unlikely to play. Uh, Brandon Cooks probably won't play. So like, if you're Davis Mills or Driscoll, like. Who's, who's on the field with you at this Chris, point? Uh, Chris Moore. Well, Chris Moore was actually I, great last week. I doubt he'll have any uh, fantasy implications because no one could have possibly had him in their lineup last week, but he went 10 for 150. I do like that the Chiefs, and this is a good game for it, can finish games running the ball a little mm-hmm. better this year. Pacheco, I think, can do that, and this is a game where it's like, don't, don't ask Patrick Williams to throw it 35 times. You don't need to. Another quote, unquote, or quote, star, close quote, in decline in the Seth Walder piece that you were pushing back on, Greg, earlier. Um, Brandon Cooks 
who his pop the hood numbers uh, in terms of his route running and impact this season. It's not just the necessarily the quarterback play. Uh, it's his ability to gain separation. And you wonder, uh, I don't want to call the man out because I don't know the man, but where's his effort level at after that? Post trade deadline tweet is he really? You getting the best of Brandon Cooks? So I mean, even he, if he's not there, like what? Is, he hasn't given them anything. Terrible this environment. He was yeah. literally their team captain, and then they stripped him of it. That's pretty <laughs> rare to just like. I don't know if they That's ironed on morale. the C off the chest. Like I think you got they, you got to get New Jersey. Yeah, you have to yeah. go give that back to the the people back there, and they have to take they have to sew it off. I don't know what they do. So they sew it off. The seamstress. <laughs> Greg in a past life, definitely a seamstress. Oh, well, this is easy. Let's just sew it off. I just couldn't think of the word of... <laughs> I, I still don't know. Just detach it. I don't know. Detach. I'd go yeah. detach, you know. Undo the undo the sew job. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move to... I got to grab a late game. So, I mean, again... Do I need to keep watching the Patriots every week? I kind of do. It's my job. It's more frustrating when it's in prime time. Um, but I, on a Sunday, sure. So I'll take the Patriots who um, – do I have them as a got to have it? Mm, I mean, see. Do I, have I think so. This think... is very important. That I got to have it. Alert. I don't have it got as a got to have it. Wait, they're, they're the most got to have it in the league, I feel like. If they don't get it, what well, for you? Where are they going well, if no, they don't get it? No, my point is – I, I think they'll lose this game if I Go had to, to guess. Have it. Alert. But if, to have it. <laughs> if the season's over, if they lose so it, they got stupid. the Dolphins, Bengals, job, and Bills next. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. Let's give it to them. Yep. Yeah, I think they, they openly deserve Seven it. Seven and six uh, coming off a fairly ugly win on Monday night. Good, great job by the defense, of course. Um, getting after it. Punishing uh, Colt McCoy. Um now they get the Raiders, and we obviously know everything about the Raiders as a, a tragic outfit. Uh, last time we saw them, they were their whole season was bursting into flames. That said, I hit it again. Hit it again because the Raiders do got to have it because they have eight losses. I still think, I still believe, not in the Raiders, but I believe that nine wins can get you a wild card spot. So obviously Aren't they four you and nine? It. Am I crazy? Oh, they no. are five and eight. Yeah, five For some eight. reason I had... Man, that loss was a killer loss. Oh, it was a killer. It was all set up. Uh, that's why I was on one with that, because they seemed to be well set up, but then they blew that game uh, in crushing fashion. So here are two teams that um, aren't obviously overly impressive for different reasons, but they're both in the mix. Patriots actually right now sit in the seventh spot. I mean, the Raiders are 0-4 this season in games where they have led by 13 points, and that obviously That's happened. their mistake. Well, that's a terrible mistake to have, but yeah. like that Rams collapse... That's who the the Raiders are, and it's I literally I don't think they gotta have anything. I get where you're coming from with the you know you went out and maybe everything else happens to you mathematically. Have a nice January, but the idea that I'm don't still, get it wrong. I'm not no. saying that I, they I believe them as a playoff team at this point. I'm the just Rams saying they was gotta, gotta have it. Have it. No, they I, didn't have it. I'm not getting anything wrong. I just I don't think you're saying that. I just I simply am not paying attention to the Raiders' playoff chances at this point at all. Wake me up if if things change. So this is. This could be a very different Raiders team, though. Both Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro appear to be on track to come off IR and play against the Patriots. And I I think this Raiders offense, even though they've had some hiccups, are a reminder of what the Patriots are missing because they're cohesive. They're an old school 1980s with a fullback power running attack. They're a better than average offense. 
you know, with a mid-level quarterback, whereas the Patriots are a terrible offense with a mid-level quarterback in my mind. I think Mac Jones is better than what they've shown, and they've got terrible vibes. That game on Monday night was the most depressing game that a team has won in I don't know how long, or at least a Patriots team has has won. That game convinced me. Yeah. (laughs) That game convinced me this team is done for because they're having to try to convince each other and themselves that they actually support their coaching staff when they're openly rebelling and they happen to win that game because they were playing the Cardinals, a team that's an even bigger mess. But I don't know if they win any more games. I I think they could go 0-4 down the stretch. I know the defense and they might get Christian Barmore back is good enough that they'll they'll win this game on their own. It's it's certainly possible. We've never... But I'm, I think they'll lose this game. Yeah, we've never seen a Belichick-led team with this much in-house angst. And it's interesting that it's McDaniels versus Belichick, except it also isn't because both of these teams are hard to watch. <laughs> they are, and I, I can't even really get on Mac Jones at all for showing Absolutely his frustration. Not. It's his career uh, being thrown down the tube. Yeah, they, he's been put in a very bad spot here. And uh, the one thing you cannot do when you're a play caller is you can't be getting the plays in late. You put the entire team in a tough situation. I can't even imagine trying to do that. So I'm not saying like it, it's easy. It must be incredibly stressful yeah. to be a play caller on the sideline. And you have to like keep on firing things out in the headset with a clock running. Uh, but it looks like Patricia might be in, in over his head in that realm as well. And that's what you saw um, Jones pushing back against. I actually, I, I thought Jones made some nice plays uh, on Monday night. I, I, when given the opportunity and when off platform, I thought he showed some things. I think he's playing with more confidence, uh, obviously, than he was earlier in the season. And you could put that on Belichick, too. I don't think Belichick's having a great year. Uh, the way he handled things with Zappy Bailey or Bailey Zappy, who was it? I don't remember it. Uh, but now Mac Jones doesn't have to worry about that. And you could tell he I think he wants this to be his team and his offense. Um, but it, it feels like he's being held back at this point. He doesn't want it to be with this coaching staff, though. And I'm this not offensive Belichick, line but... has collapsed. The running game has collapsed. I think the Raiders defensive line is playing much better. I think it's a tough matchup. I think I really think the Raiders are favored in this game or they should be. Hmm. Um, all right. Let's take a break and we will finish the draft. Raiders are favored by one. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't need it. 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Are you ready? It's a Saturday triple header. Only on NFL Network. Who's the stop in a moment? First, the Colts battle the Vikings. Touchdown! Then, the Ravens face the Browns. Going in! Touchdown! And the Dolphins take on the Bills in prime time. I'm him! Back to back to back. I made you look. It's a Saturday showdown triple header. Saturday starting at 1, only on NFL Network. All right, let's close this thing out, Greg. You got two picks. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> that's how this works. That's that's the game. Well, just to surprise uh, people, I'm going to not leave the Broncos game for last. Let's just get it out of the way. It's kind of like you're at the dinner table. Uh, okay. There's one vegetable maybe your mom put out there if you, you know, as, a, as a child that you just like let, let's finish sure. it first and get to the good stuff. Let's get rid of this. I didn't never did that, but that's Broncos interesting. Cardinals. That was what, <laughs> that's what I do or I did as a kid, and that's what my daughter Alice does too. She always eats the stuff she doesn't like first. Let's so, kind of like well, I'll give you this. So she yeah. can really different parallel. Luxuriate. Lucky Charms, a great cereal. Uh, even no, no matter what age you are, you eat all the oats first and you leave all the mushrooms. In the milk till yes. the end, and then it's then there, it's yes, a nice treat. Yes, I love treat. mushrooms in my lucky charms. Or not mushrooms, marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> you, Thank just, you, you just created like the grossest food I've ever imagined yeah, in my life. Yeah, mushrooms and milk's not. Sorry, Greg. Hey, where were you? I mean, don't oh. apologize. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals Broncos is the soggy lucky charms without o- the marshmallows. material the oats, yeah. Yeah, uh, of the games. Yeah. Totally pointless. I watched. Does it have to happen? Like uh, yes, like contractually, I think so. But who's complaining? Like I think I've, Russell yeah. Wilson would be happy. He's like hurrying back to get off a uh, concussion protocol. He's back at practice. It looks like he's on track to return. But it's like, I think he'd be happy. Just cancel the game. He doesn't want to see Brett Rippon out there. Uh, but I think he'd be fine with a week off here. J.J. Watt would be disappointed. He's really getting a lot of airtime because uh, Hard Knocks doesn't know what else to do. So they're just like <laughs> hanging out with Hart, with J.J. Watt. Oh, we, we should talk about what's going on with yes, the Cardinals. That's because more interesting. Their general manager, Steve Kime, has taken a leave of absence now uh, connected to a um, some type of medical issue or a personal issue that we don't have more Health-related Health leave. Health-related leave. They also yeah. said they legally could not give details. They put that in the statement, which just draw your own conclusions. Sure. And uh, <laughs> it does you know that this happening uh, days after Kyler Murray blows out his knee and if you just if you just go through everything that's happened with the Cardinals um since last since the offseason it's it insane. is outrageous right. uh, all the drama around Kyler obviously you had multiple uh, officials and coaches involved in off the field shenanigans that led to them 
not even shenanigans, crimes um, or um, inappropriate behavior that led to them leaving the team. You had the team itself flopping. You had DeAndre Hopkins getting suspended. And then you have Kyler blowing out his knee and now Kime disappearing. And when we talked about it on the Tuesday show that uh, Cliff Kingsbury, is is this the end for him? And I was like, hmm, I wonder if maybe he gets a little bit of a pass the rest of this year and then they, he gets one more shot. Man, I don't feel that way at all now because I think, who knows with Kime, but it would make sense now that Kime has stepped away and Kyler's out for a year at least and the team stinks and has, has not done anything in years since Kingsbury's been there that they just, it's time to blow it up. Yeah, I think, I think it's heading in that direction. And it's funny because our friend Jason Zumwalt, leads off our show, is a Cardinals fan. And yesterday he texted me because, you know, I'm a Colt McCoy guy. And then they got David Blau. They picked him off the Vikings practice squad. Ooh, fire up the so printing press. It, exactly. So the newsletter is coming back into action. They got Colt McCoy and David Blau in the QB room. I, and so Zumwalt said, listen, man, it's, it, I, I know things seem a little uh, un, uneven with the Cardinals right now, Not but you've got to come over here and support them. It's, it's your, your new team to pick up. And so I thought, well, listen, I left the Titans bandwagon, according to Justin's fans over there. And uh, five minutes later, I mean, maybe five or ten minutes later, the Steve Kime thing happened. So it's like, I don't think I should keep doing this anymore. No, and now they're going to lose to the Broncos. Yeah, but you know I what? really think they will. The other way to look at it, Mark, is that this team, it could not really get worse at this point. So right. even like one win the rest of the season, you're back in business, baby. Well, I'll consider it. I just yeah. I told him, I just said, sorry, basically. Jason. Also, I want to <laughs> see Nathaniel Hackett's evil goatee get one win. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, he changed facial hair about a month ago and now has sort of an evil-looking goatee. Like a Greg get, Williams type just get evil one, goatee? Yeah, one, one happy moment. They'll get it this week. And, they get know, Randy Gregory back, by the way. That's good. And speaking of Greek tragedies, which is the Cardinal season, you know, Russell Wilson finally moving the ball with regularity and mounting an epic comeback and then getting knocked out literally at the one-yard line is sums up everything for that yep. team. Uh, all right, one more game, Greggy. Let's go. So excited. I got the best rivalry in football. It's Falcons and Saints. I have covered approximately 88% of these games over the last 10 years on this podcast, and I missed it in week one. And you might say, oh, who cares? That ended up being a really crazy fun game where Jameis Winston comes back from a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I feel and like it happened 14 years ago. It weirdly uh, is pretty influential in this end NFC South race because if the Falcons had that, they would be in first gotta place. This All is right. a gotta have it gotta game, have obviously it. for the Saints, but definitely for the Falcons uh, to try to get back in the mix. Saints would officially be eliminated, by the way, with a loss here. The Falcons, I think they could do something under Desmond Ritter. I know they're underdogs in this game, and I know the Saints are returning everyone suddenly, like Pete Werner, Marshawn Lattimore, like everyone is coming back uh, for their team this week. <laughs> I think Desmond Ritter and this Falcons team have a little more verve, a little more chutzpah, and I think they'll be able to exert their will on the ground against the Saints. And if anything could get Dennis Allen in trouble, and there's some talk from the top columnist in the in the city there, Jeff Duncan, this week, that Sean Payton would be open to a return, which is hilarious because he would have to get Dennis Allen fired for that to happen. If anything's going to get Dennis Allen fired, it's losing to these Falcons at home <laughs> no, in this Sean spot. Yeah. Peyton wanted to well, come that's back. that's true. That's true. That would <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens. If <laughs> Sean Payton wants to come back, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good point. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that to see them get healthy. But they're like my version of the Raiders for you, Mark, or it's just like, I don't care. I know this is a got to have it game. 
but they've been so disappointing all year long that I just it, I struggle to get. It's got to have it for the sense. Falcons. I feel like yeah, Falcons at least totally you got a rookie quarterback making right. his starting Don't debut. You got there's a little juice there, obviously. But these are the two South teams that like. You know, the Panthers, you could talk yourself into a little bit more. These teams just feel to me a little bit more on the side of the road in a ditch. At well, this point. I differ a little bit. Like, I agree. I think the Saints, they, they, you know, the car's going on the highway. You open the door, you kick the Saints out. That's where they are. But the Falcons, um, if Desmond Ritter provides a spark, I would have liked to see him in there earlier because Mariota just seemed to cost them in similar fashion week after week. And Ritter is someone that Lance Zerline, our friend in draft Nick, compared to Alex Smith. And, and um, the, the, a very intelligent, quick processing quarterback. He doesn't mm. have a super strong arm, and he's not necessarily a running quarterback, but he is mobile. And so it's like he kind of fits that offense. I think they picked him for a reason. And I just think that Arthur Smith is quietly one of the better kind of QB coaches out there. I mean, I think Mariota was just Mariota, but I, I think that they've I don't know why they waited so long, but if this is a team that when they run the ball well, I don't like their defense, but if Ritter can just not turn the ball over and add a little bit here and there, they're an interesting team to me, much more so than watching the Saints. Well, and very possibly tied for first if they win this game and the Bucks lose to the Bengals, they're tied for first. Gotta have it. Yeah. <laughs> God, that division, man. I mean, I feel like 27 teams had to have it in this show. I it thought did. It was, it was, I think it was... It was started as seven, I believe. Started as seven, and then it, once we start just including everyone right. that, that's still alive... Anyone mathematically alive. Let's, I, I kind of highlighted seven teams where it felt like it had a little like juice to it, but then once you you get like the Saints involved, it's like, oh, yeah, that's technically true. The Raiders, ah, yeah, I guess technically. Well, Saints fans don't yeah. want to hear it because they want this season to be over, but if they won this game, and, and like I said, the Bucks lost, they're one back. Yeah, but I mean, I <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's just this is the kind of stuff that just they're makes just my, facts. My, my head they're just <laughs> facts, facts. Yeah, that's true. That's factual content coming from Greg Rosenthal. And maybe the Falcons get that our quarterback just quit on us uh, bump. You know, yeah, and yeah. Went oh, yeah. to went on paternity leave. See that often? That I just, little QB on paternity leave bump. I just noticed the entire NFC South is exactly negative twenty four to negative thirty two points. On the season, point differential. So all it's within brutal. a touchdown of each other. And it other. looks like it. <laughs> if there, I mean, every once in a while, every few years, there's a team, there's a division where just their very inclusion in the postseason cheapens the entire thing. And that's, what's the, that's what the NFC South is going to give us. The AFC yeah. South's getting there, too. We could have an 8-9 Titans yeah, team winning that Yeah, but you could talk yourself into the Titans yeah. either figuring or things Jags, out or, or the, the Jaguars, Jags surging. Absolutely. And then that's a – I mean, let's face it. Both these teams are probably playing Saturday, right? Saturday opener? Oh, yeah. yeah. Not against each the other, South obviously. South teams, yeah. you mean. Get them out of the way. Or maybe they have to split them up because otherwise it really... We're going to get an AFC South champion and an NFC South champion Saturday, Sunday, which we just got to work through Early that. Po- maybe just we gotta so, work you know, book that. it for the London game time here if you're in the States. You just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like Falcons commanders from London, 6 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, all right, anything else? Anybody want to add? No, what a what a time to be alive! The holiday season. How about Patrick? He was pretty fired up. I love that he hasn't changed. I knew I I would have bet um, any. I don't have many possessions, but things that I own that he would have been upset with us. And yes, he was. And I and I liked that. I liked his honesty. I didn't like as much. I thought maybe you know it's 
his his heart, I thought it would have been warmed by this Lions team, but I think he's still waiting for the bottom to fall out. But that's I think we got. Okay I think too. Patra is Patra, and that's what that's we him. got. That's Our friend got. Cynthia Freeland, yeah. who's a, a diehard Lions fan too, she's not ready to fully give over either. I get it. Mm. They're still six and seven, and they've just been beaten down for twenty years. That they they're enjoying it, but not yeah. So, but they're, they're six not there. and seven, but they were one and six. That's a little different. That's and they were never the team of ATL before. Just, We've no, brought weren't. the magic. They weren't. Well, let's go Lions this week. As I've taken a leave of absence, like Marcus Mariota, I am on paternity leave uh, from the team of ATL with the uh, Jets uh, involved. But I still there will be. I'll look at it this way: even if the Jets lose, there is a bright side. The Lions playing relevant January football potential. Hmm. Gotta have it. It's charitable of you. Yeah, I don't want it to happen. Okay. You going down, Detroit? Eat it. All right. Thank you for uh, watching, listening. See us on Sunday night and the Friday Fun Show. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.